Okay, uh, I want us to start here. I, I, I got this laid out. Uh, you know, one, one praise praise God. We got a, got a new new computer here. But anyway, uh, oh, oh, you know, when you look here in, in the Old Testament, here you've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and then it, it, these are perfectly historical time timelines. I mean, but you know, but. It, if you listen to other people or just think you can Google stuff, remember, you've already learned, no matter the youngest of us to the oldest in here, you cannot trust Google. You use Google to benefit you if you're trying to figure out is it the top side or the bottom side. But, boy, if you really want to know, somebody is going to probably tell you the wrong information. So you can't Google this stuff. And why would you want to Google it anyway? Read it yourself. Okay, praise the Lord. But anyway, these are straight timelines. Okay, now, oh, remember the book of Genesis here? Oh, half of the book of Genesis and forward, actually more than that, is a, a character after the flood, after Noah, and ten generations after that is Abraham. And Abraham, you know, like you say, we understand that's, you can, you can just track back in our world today and you go, is there a nation of Israel? Are there Jews? Well, yes. Well, this is where they claim, you know, they came from or whatever. And then, of course, as a Christian, you would have to understand that Jesus is, you know, in your life. And, and Jesus means something to you. So when you go back, Jesus refers to all of these stories. He refers, remember, he refers more to Genesis than anything else. And anyway, uh, that's the reason there's such an attack on the book of Genesis, like making it say, well, it's metaphorical. No, it ain't metaphorical. It's real. Uh, there's names. There's places. There's details and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, I want us to jump ahead because when you get to the New Testament, and a lot of people have read the New Testament. They're more familiar with the New Testament. I want to go over to the book of Hebrews just a second. And in Hebrews chapter 3, uh, let me start here in verse 1. Uh, he says, Therefore, dear, let me make sure, yeah, here we are. Therefore, dear brothers, whom God has set apart for himself, you who are chosen for heaven, I want you to think now about this Jesus, who is God's messenger and the high priest of our faith. For Jesus was faithful to God, who appointed him high priest, just as, well, who's that? Well, see, see how the New Testament, you've got to go right back. You've got to know these stories. Just how Moses also faithfully served in God's house. Now, remember, we looked at last week how Moses was going into the Holy of Holies anytime he wanted to. But his brother could not go in there except once a year. That's because Aaron was the high priest and he was representing all the people. But Moses, because of the Lord, and he, the Lord told us why. Because Miriam, remember his sister and Aaron, they decided, my, we don't like this too well. And they got upset about it. And God called them all three to stand in front of the tabernacle. We, remember, we read that in Numbers. But anyway, let's move on. Okay. But notice this. But Jesus has a far more glory than Moses. Well, you wouldn't be able to know how much glory he had until we saw what happened in history here. Okay, just as the man who builds a fine house gets more praise than the house does. Those you build your house, well, way to go, Richard. Yeah, okay. I mean, many people can build houses, but only God, look at that, made everything. Boy, I tell you, we are in so much trouble if evolution's so. But we, we know, just look at the facts, there's no way. Evolution has to keep moving the marker. They had to come up with, with theories for comets, because comets only last 100,000 years, Okay. And we got the same comets out there. So guess what? This universe is less than 100,000 years old. But they come up with this theology, it really is theology, that this idea, that theory that, well, there's more comets generated out somewhere from the Oort that was in the guy named Oort. It's from an Oort cloud. Well, nice theory, but there's no proof to that. You've got to have real proof. 
But anyway, so anyway, let's keep going. So notice where he keeps going here. Hebrews chapter 3. Come on, here we go. Well, Moses did a fine job working in God's house. Remember, he told him exactly how to build this thing and all this, whatever. But he was only a servant. And his work was mostly to illustrate and to suggest those things that would happen later on. That's why it's so beneficial to us that we go, oh my gosh, I see this. Oh my goodness, I see this. You can read Genesis and you'll go, oh my goodness. That's why it's so important. And it's, it's icing on the cake to realize, praise the Lord, this is history. This is good stuff. Instead of like, well, I'm trying to put it all together here. I need, I need some Hollywood actor to tell me. No, you don't need any of those guys. Believe me. Oh, mercy. Okay. Notice he says to us, but Christ, God's faithful son, is in, a complete, is in complete charge of God's house. And we Christians are God's house. He lives in us. Wow. Now, boy, now you can start thinking about the Holy of Holies and stuff. And now, <gasps> I remember Richard. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember years ago hearing the preacher talk about, you know, I am the temple, the temple. Of, yeah, you, the, making sense, isn't it? Praise the Lord. We Christians are God's house. He lives in us. Now, come on, that's just a flat life. It's not true. So where's God when you need him? He's there. Notice the picture here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Uh, pretty evident. That's where he's at. Okay. He lives in us if we keep up our courage firm to the end and our joy and trust in the Lord. Notice it didn't say if you don't sin. Trust me, you're going to blow it. You are going to blow it. It's got nothing to do with that. Praise the Lord. He said keep up your courage firm to the end. You know what the problem was? I want to go back to Egypt. I want to go back to, in this case, he said, I want to go back to, I Jesus, I just don't think you're the Lamb of God. I think I better stick with Moses here. And he was trying to show that Moses was talking about him, okay? But anyway, and our trust in the Lord. And since Christ is so much superior, the Holy Spirit warns us to listen to him. Be careful to hear his voice today and not let our hearts become set against him. Uh-oh, here's a story that we have got to know. Otherwise, it won't make sense. Don't let, be careful to hear his voice and don't let our hearts become set against him. What does it say? Uh, as the people of Israel did, they steeled themselves against his love complained against him in the desert. Oh, they did this several times. One time, the Lord, and it actually says, it said, the Lord was angry, and he said they did it a hundred times. While he was testing them. You see, testing them? Well, yeah, he was just going to take them from Egypt to the promised land, and it didn't, and it's only 11 days, but even, even the year and a half when they got everything ready and on their way, they couldn't take it. We want to go back to Egypt, you know. And a bunch of other things. that you Get the details yourself. Don't take my word for it. Read it yourself. But God was patient with them for 40 years. Now, remember, it was not going to be 40 years. It was just a year and a half. And that was build the temple, the tabernacle, get everything ready to go, and then go your 11-day journey. But when they got there, the wilderness of Paran, we can't go in there. <laughs> anyway, notice this. He kept right on doing his mighty miracles for them to see. Now, wait. He just said Jesus is greater. Well, I see a lot of good things over in the Old Testament. And we kick ourselves out of those. We think, oh, snakes, yeah, they came out and bit the people. And some of them died. And Moses built this thing, put it on a pole. And Jesus referenced it concerning John 3.16 as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness. So must the Son of Man be lifted up. Oh, but boy, if I get bit by a copperhead, I'm toast. If I get bit by, you know, a, a brown recluse, I'm in trouble. I get bit by this, I get bit by... You ever think about the hornets? God said, I'm going to send hornets in the land to drive out the enemy ahead of you. Praise the Lord. And what we think, man, I have, I have a problem with bee stings. Boy, if I get stung by a bee. We don't even think God cares. Ridiculous. He kept right on doing his mighty miracles for them to see. Now you know why First Chronicles chapter 4, uh, verse 10. 
I just happen to know where it is because a shotgun is a 410. It's first class 410. Jabez, right in the middle of a genealogy. Fred was a child of Charles. Charles was a child of this. And all of a sudden, this guy named Jabez, he said, he was the one that prayed. He says, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and keep me from pain. Next verse, God granted his request. Then Bill, son of Charles. Charles, son of David. Charles. I get it. That was important. Yes, it's beaming at me. And use it in your daily prayers. Praise the Lord. I love it. The first thing I thought of when I, when I heard the part about, you know, and keep me from pain, I thought of Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny always said, you know, ooh, I'm allergic to pain. <laughs> we ought to be allergic to it. Resist it. You know, instead of thinking, well, I guess, you know, God wanted me to have pain. Oh, baloney. Gee. All right. But God was very angry with them for their hearts were always looking somewhere else instead of up to me. And they never found the paths I wanted to. Well, we just, but we don't ask the Lord for nothing. Just please get rid of all that theology. When you're in trouble, ask Jesus. When you can't find your car keys, ask Jesus. When your teeth start hurting, you know, you, and well, here's, here's what happens as Americans, because I'm an American too. Your tooth starts hurting, and Charlie's a doctor here too. First times we think, you know, it's like, it's sinus related. Okay, well, so you find it sinus related. That didn't stop the pain or whatever. Or maybe you can do something. But still, you've got Jesus. Jesus will help you. Not saying don't take medication and help. You can, hallelujah. But look for the Lord to help you. All right, anyways, here we go. Then, so look what happened. Then the Lord, full of his anger against them, bound himself with this oath. Look at that. That he would never let them come to his place of rest. Now, this is the promised land he's talking about. Yeah, but Richard, that's Old Testament. Well, wait a minute, Richard. You said this is, Jesus is using this for us. Yeah, that's why it's so important. Anyway, beware then of your own hearts, dear brothers, lest you find that they too are evil and unbelieving. Well, there's giants in the land. I mean, the Lord, and they were also saying, you know, we're, we're so tired of this manna. Wish we had something else. All they had to do was ask him. Matter of fact, when they had started getting upset with the Lord about that, he brought a bunch of quail in. Okay, but they were still... The book of Psalms even wrote down. The book of the Psalmist wrote down, and they were in their big... Psalm 78. And they had this big long list of... Why, 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 why? One of them was, can the Lord prepare a table for us out in the presence of the wilderness? Did you know Moses got involved in that? Moses said, right when he brought the quail in, he said, Lord, if we killed all our cattle, it wouldn't be enough. And the Lord had to tell Moses, when did my arm become so short? See, Moses fell off the deep end when that happened. He was going, why'd you get me to raise? They're not my kids. I've had it with this group. <laughs> Moses was, this was right before they got to the promised land. It's actually, when we get there in a moment, it's in Numbers 9, is whatever it is. And we're going to look at number 7 in just a moment. Okay, so back to this. This is Hebrews uh, 3, verse 15. But now is the time. Never forget the warning. Today, if you hear God's voice speak to you, don't harden your hearts against Him. So if you're in trouble, whatever the problem is, look to Him and ask Him. Don't ask Him, why is this happening to me? You're on the way to the promised land, praise the Lord. You got air conditioning? I've got so used to now looking for clouds. I've got to go out in sunshine and whatever. I'm thinking, praise God, I'm going to a cloud out here. Anyway, never forget the warning today. If you hear God's voice speaking to you, don't harden your hearts against him as the people of Israel did when they rebelled against him in the desert. And who were those people I speak of who heard God's voice speaking to them but then rebelled against him? They were the ones who came out of Egypt with Moses. And who was it who made God angry for all those 40 years? The same people who sinned and as a result died in the wilderness. Remember, their sin was unbelief. What did they do wrong? They didn't think he'd help them daily. Yeah. Okay. 
As a result, they died in the wilderness. And who was he speaking when he swore with an oath they could never go into the land he promised his people? Now let's think a minute. Let's, let's don't think about doing this. Let's think about doing it right. Man, he's promised you to get into this land. Today, we still have that promise. It's ours. And why couldn't they go in? Well, it ain't my fault. <laughs> Trust me, it is your fault. Peter walked on the water, and all of a sudden, he's drowning. Then all of a sudden, he's not drowning. The whole problem was, it wasn't the wind and the waves. He wasn't trusting Jesus. And he finally got back on it. Okay, although God's promise still exists, this is in the fourth chapter. See how you can't chop this up? Although God's promises still stand, his promise that all may enter into his, a place of rest, we ought to tremble in fear because some of you may be on the verge of failing to get in there after all. Now, remember, you can't sit here and say, well, this is salvation. When I die, I'll be in heaven. That's just part of it. All these things we discover in the Old Testament, they're, they're the heart of it. It's just, man, the greatest part of this whole thing is what's called eternal life. Remember, the tabernacle's within you, and nobody else could go in there, but now you can go in just like Moses did. Wow. Look what he says. We ought to tremble in fear because some of you may be on the verge of failing to get there after all. Yeah, but I've made mistakes. If you'd been studying the Old Testament, there was an Old Testament, I mean, excuse me, there was a morning sacrifice, evening sacrifice. There were special, there were special, uh, about five, five or six feasts. And all during that feast, they would have a, a sacrifice for sin. One of them was a sacrifice for sin every day. And you say, well, who blew it? You know, it was, it was just because we needed a sacrifice for sin because we bear the image of Adam. Okay. Jesus destroyed all that with his one sacrifice. You stand holy. I mean, remember the book of Colossians says, you stand holy before the Lord with not, he can't even charge you for anything. And you might say, well, I can think of a few things. That's the strength of the blood. It's so strong. Even though you've made mistakes, you're purged. And you're purged from history and purged in the future. It's such an awesome thing. So he says here, but, uh, okay. This wonderful news, the message that God wants to save us, has been given to us just as it was to those who lived in the time of Moses. But it didn't do them any good because they didn't believe it. Wow. They didn't mix faith with it. For only we who believe in God, uh, believe God, can enter in his place of rest. Now, it's not, oh, I believe there's a God. No, I've heard all that Mickey Mouse stuff. You get more than that. You got to be like Caleb and Joshua and say, I'm going to the promised land. Oh, I'm next in the lion's den? Watch me. I'll jump. I mean, you're, you're, you're not afraid. Oh, I'm going in the burning fiery furnace. <laughs> no, I'm going in. You're going to tell Nebuchadnezzar, I don't care if you throw us in there or not, our God is able and he will deliver us. That's what Nebuchadnezzar got so mad about. And that's why he wanted to watch it. He heated up the furnace seven times hotter. He bound them. What else did he do? Took his most mighty men. He thought God was going to show up on the way. And remember when they were thrown in that fire, those mighty men perished. But not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay. For only the, we who believe can enter into his place of rest. He said, I swore in my anger. Now remember, why was he angry? It wasn't just because of the need for the daily sacrifice for sin. He was angry because they didn't believe him. He got them all the way to the promised land and they go, oh, we need a new leader. Mm -hmm. well, Moses think, no, no, no. And they're held in that clump of, uh, it was called Eskel, which meant it was, it was a great, huge thing of grapes. It was so big, it took two men to carry it. Yeah, it's a great land, but oh no, we can't get in there. There's giants in there. The sons of Anak. Fairy tales. No, that's not fairy tales. Wow. Okay. So he swore in his anger. Man, they're not ever going to get in. That's why he said they're not going in for 40 years. They're not going in. 
What's so interesting, when you read that, I was reading it through, and all of a sudden we came up with a new genealogy in this same book in Numbers. We Remember, we started in Numbers 1 with genealogies, and it totaled up to 600-something soldiers. In other words, all the men that can go to war. Guess what? After 40 years, that total was within, like, just a few. It was still 600-something thousand. It took 40 years. All those other ones died out. But guess what? The blessings of the Lord were so great that right when they go in the promised land, they had still the same count. And these guys, you know, they weren't, all the ones 20 and older passed away. And it tells you that. It says these counts are not the same counts in, in the previous ones that the census was made. Okay, here we go. So anyways, here they're at the promised land. And he says, I, I, they're not getting in. So he said, uh, I swore my anger that those who don't believe me will never get in, even though he has been ready and waiting for them since the world began. Remember, he told them, make trumpets when you get in there in the promised land and whatever. When you go to war, blow those trumpets, you'll knock the poop out of these people. You'll win. Now, I mean, it's, it's just, this is totally what it's like the creation of the world. It's real. God created everything. It's not like, well, it's just, just this sort of happened out there. I mean, that takes a lot of faith to even believe it just happened. It happened out of what? You always have a little, why, Daddy? Why, Daddy? Why? Where did dirt come from? Where did it? Totally makes sense when you realize God created this. All right, so here we go. Verse 4. We know He is ready and waiting because it is written that God rested on the seventh day of creation. Oh, wait. <laughs> which He didn't do. <laughs> yes, He did, too. Having finished all He planned to make. And even so, they didn't get in, for God finally said, they shall never enter into my rest. Yet the promise remains, and some get in, but not those who had the first chance, for they disobeyed God and failed to enter. That was just those 40 years and those that were 20 years and older. The rest of them marched right on in there after that. Notice how he's comparing your life today with this instant. And it's called a promised land. And I remember, you know, Donald Trump during the campaign and stuff, he would just say, it's an American, uh, cool, uh, it's an American phrase that we say. They ain't going to be able to get you to the promised land, you know. Well, why do we keep saying that? You know, it's over with. That's over. No, it's not over with. All right. But he has set another time for coming in, and that time is now. You mean we're standing at the promised land? Yep, you are today. I mean, the ten spies were only gone 40 days, and that's why they wound up having to stay 40 years, one day for every day of unbelief. So you and I today, we're standing at the edge of the promised land. And it's not going to heaven, praise the Lord. There's no outlaws in heaven. We got problems down here. We got bee stings. We got car wrecks. We got sickness. We got heart disease. We got hearing problems. We got all these kind of crazy things. And the promised land is right in front of us. And Moses lost his cool. Just like We won't have time, but I'm just telling you. Moses got so fed up when, when the people were so mad about, we want to go back to Egypt. We could have had watermelons. We could have had this and that. And boy, God said, okay. And he was furious with them. And he sent quail. He said, you're going to have so much quail, it's going to come out your nose. You know. But anyway. <clears throat> so anyway, like I say, Moses was saying, well, if we killed all the cows, there wouldn't be enough. Moses, quit thinking it's going to be something you can figure out. It's, the Lord will get it to you. Yeah, but Richard, this is impossible. Don't worry about it being impossible. Don't you remember Jesus? All things are possible to him that what? Believeth. Well, I believe there's a God. Well, it probably won't happen to you then. It's not believing there's a God. You have got to believe God's going to help you today. And here we are. So uh, he announced this through King David long years after man's failure to enter. See, that was about, this was approximately about 800 years. They get to the promised land. And then it all falls apart. And later on, King David shows up. Okay? You know the story. It's tracks. Tracks. Long after man's 
long after years after man's failure, saying in the words already quoted, today if you hear his voice. So David even knew, if I hear his voice, I'm going to knock down Goliath. I've got the, remember he said, well, the Lord delivered me from the lion and the bear. He'll deliver me from this Philistine. He didn't, remember David ran after this guy. And how old was David? Oh, he's 35. No, he probably was 12. Could have been 11. His brothers were joking at him, saying, you better go home. Go back with those few sheep your dad, that dad wants you to watch out for. David was just running around. Remember when David got there to the battle? It was the Philistines versus the Israelites. David ran over there. What kid didn't want to see something cool? I mean, he's not like, well, I need to be cool. David ran over there. He wanted to see the fight, you know. And all of a sudden, he hears Goliath. And he's going, why didn't somebody take him on? And I'm sure he's probably ticked at his brother saying, well, you're a bunch of weenies. I'll go get him. And they didn't like it. That's in 1 Samuel 17. So anyway, David said this. He said, today when you hear him calling, don't harden your hearts against him. Gee, this new place of rest he was talking about does not mean the land of Israel Joshua let him into. Thank God. Otherwise, we'd be saying, well, we don't be blessed over there. No, it's everywhere. If that were what God meant, he would not have spoken long afterward talking about today being the time to get in. So there is a full, complete rest still waiting for the people of God. You say, what is it? Well, go watch Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everything he did, that's yours today. Lepers were healed. Remember, John the Baptist said, are you the one that should come or should we look for another? We used to do a drama about that. And we would reenact what happened. The, the disciples came back to, after they asked Jesus, are you, my boss wants to know, are you the one or somebody else? And Jesus said what? He said, go tell John that the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf are healed. In other words, it's all your, and the poor had the gospel preached to them. You know, praise the Lord. Anyway, this new place of rest. Okay, we already read that part. Uh, so there is a full and complete rest waiting for the people of God. Christ already entered there. Let me catch up here. Uh, what did it say? Yeah, Christ has already entered there. He is resting from his work just as, look at that, after, just as God did after creation. Let's do our best to enter that place of rest. Now, how do we do it? We just believe him. Be careful, being careful not to disobey God as the children of Israel did, thus failing to get in. Now, what did they do? They just said, well, Lord, you did a good job on, on Pharaoh and stuff, and I saw all those miracles, but today I'm hungry. Man, I don't know how we're going to get this done, and I'm not going in the promised land. I don't think you can do it. Wow. Look at that. For whatever God says is full of living power. In other words, this is the King James. The word of God's quick and powerful. That's where that story comes from. This is it. The word of God's quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. For whatever God says is full of living power. It is sharper than the deepest dagger, cutting swift and deep into our innermost thoughts and desires with all our parts, exposing us for what we really are. He knows uh, about everyone, everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. So see, he knows, just like Jesus, he said, I'm going to take care of your bills, I'm going to take care of all, I mean, there are stuff, I know, because you're in the world with me. <laughs> I got stuff going on this week, I'm like, oh my gosh. But I'm going to think promised land, praise the Lord, I'm going to knock out those giants in there, praise God, I'm fine, you know. And whatever you, I don't care if it's your knees hurting, they've been hurting for 40 years or whatever, or your eyes are giving you trouble, don't worry about that. You bring that to the Lord and expect him to do something. When he walks in the door, he already gets the howdy, whatever. He's, he wants to know, oh, okay, I didn't know. Okay, you really plan on me helping you? Yes, Lord. So anyway, uh, catch that last part, missed that little part. Okay, nothing can be hidden from him to whom we must explain all we have done. Okay, but Jesus, the Son of God, notice this, high priest, wow, who has gone 
to heaven itself to help us. Well, we need help for salvation. I believe I'm going to heaven because Jesus, well, good. See, there's more to it. There's more to it. Okay. Therefore, let us never stop trusting him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses since he had the same temptations we do. And, all, and though he never gave away to them and sin. So let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there. Look at that. To receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our, it'll say, time of need. Like right now. Whatever your problem is. Notice he said, stay there. Stay there. In our time of, in our time, notice it's times of needs here. Look at that. Wow. Okay. Time of need. Come on. Yeah, okay. Now, uh, let me go back to here just a second. Uh, let's see, go to, that was the same thing. Boom. You used to navigate in here. Okay. We'll go to Luke just a moment. Let me see. Where want to go here? Luke 11. Okay, that's not what I want. Well, that's part of it, yeah. Because he's, he's telling him, oh, teach us to pray. Watch what he does here. Hang on a second. Scroll down here. This is Luke 11. Look at this. Then teach, this is right after our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So wouldn't this be important? This, watch this. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he uses illustrations. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Well, look, Richard, don't be bothering God. See how great this story is? It's midnight. Don't wake God up now. Well, what's all this about? You go to a friend's house. See the connection? Oh, it's a high priest. Oh, yes, he's high priest, but he's your friend. You're like Moses. You come right on in there and talk with him. Okay. You would shout up to him. You'd say, you'd say wanted to borrow three loaves of bread. Ah, oh, come on. Just, just go without. You would say, hey, a friend of mine just arrived for a visit. And I have nothing to give him to eat. Well, go to bed. Well, that's what this guy's going to say. He's going to say he will call down. Please don't ask me to get up. The door's locked. And we're all in bed. I just can't help you this time. Well, I'm daydreaming. I'm thinking about lunch. No, we're not daydreaming. We're watching this story. Look what happened here. Jesus is describing something that probably Americans would probably do. I ain't helping you. Wait, call on somebody else. This is prayer. But I tell you this, although he won't do it, look at that, as a friend. Remember that's right? Oh, yeah, he was a friend. Look at this. If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you everything you want just because of your persistence. Now, that's what faith is. And so it is with prayer. Keep on asking and you will keep on getting. Keep on looking and you will keep on finding. Knock and the door will be open. Look at this. Everyone who asks receives and all who seek find. Notice it didn't say except for one. No. Praise the Lord. Oh. Okay. Now, let me go over here and let's knock out uh, the next chapter. Look at this in numbers. Here's these stories here. We got all the way to seven. Let's go to eight here. All right, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron that when he lights the seven lamps in the lampstand to set them so that they'll throw their light forward. Okay, so Aaron did this. The lampstand included the floral decorations at the base of the branches was made of entirely beaten gold. Now remember, in the New Testament, we've already found out you and I are in God's house. So whoa, we're getting to see all this stuff. It was constructed according to the exact design the Lord had shown Moses. Now why do we have the exact design? Because these things are real. This was a copy of the heavenly. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now set apart the Levites from the other people of Israel. 
Do this by sprinkling water purification upon them, then having them shave. Wow, they're going to shave it all here. Look at this. They're going to be completely hairless. Now, this is for the dedication. Now, remember, the Levites was about um, uh, half a million people here, total with their families, but the men was about uh, 50,000, something like that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Shave their whole bodies, wash their clothing themselves, Having, have them bring out a young bull and grain offering, fine flour mingled with oil, along with another young bull for a sin offering. Well, what'd they do? Well, they didn't do nothing. They just were, they just were, <laughs> were made in the image of Adam. You know, we got to have a sin offering. Okay. Now, I'm sure they made some mistakes too, but anyway, but it's, this is all, all the time. Then bring the Levites to the door of the tabernacle as all the people watch. Now, why? Uh, <laughs> I'm busy today. Well, the Lord wants you to see this. Now, remember the Levites... God chose the Levites because the firstborn were killed in Egypt, right? The death angel. And God said, I will accept the Levites instead of, let's say we weren't Levites. We were from the tribe of Simeon, Reuben, Naphtali, and whatever. These were representative of the death angel would have got us. And God said, I'm not going to kill the Levites. They're just going to take them all. I'm going to take them all. They're going to be in place of your firstborn son. Okay, bring the Levites. So they did. The leaders of the tribe shall lay their hands on them. Now, why do they lay their hands on it? Well, it's showing transfer. Watch what they transfer. And Aaron, with a gesture offering, shall present them to the Lord as a gift from the entire nation of Israel. The Levites, look at this, will represent all the people in serving the Lord. Now, who's your representative today? Jesus. Thank God. I'm glad it's not me. Praise the Lord. Jesus is representing you today. Wow. Next, the Levites shall lay their hands upon the heads of the young bulls and offer them to the Lord. One sin offering by one man's offering. See, Jesus broke the power of death for us. Praise the Lord. Okay. And another offering for the burnt offering to make atonement for the Levites. See, Jesus didn't even have to have a sin offering for himself. That's the reason his sacrifice blew everything away. Then the Levites shall be presented... To Aaron and his sons, just as any other gift to the Lord is given to the priest. In this way, you will dedicate the Levites from among the rest of the people of Israel. And the Levites, notice this, shall be mine. Now remember, where were the Levites camped? In, in, it was Numbers chapter 1. Remember, we have these guys on the south, these guys on the north, these, 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 these. The Levites were completely around the tabernacle. Why? To hedge us away from what? The wrath of God. Wow. Praise the Lord. In this way, you'll dedicate the Levites from the rest of the people of Israel. They'll be mine. After you've sanctified them, presented them to the Lord, they shall go in and out of the tabernacle to do their work. Remember when David went to go get the ark, he had a couple of his buddies go pick that thing up and, man, it killed one of them because it was about to fall. He reached up, tried to touch it. He wasn't part of this group. Wow. That was back then. Okay. Now, anyway, so they're mine. God did this to set this tabernacle up. Remember, you couldn't even have... You couldn't even have the the uh, if you if you were missing an arm or something you were just deformed or whatever you had to go to the back of the camp if you had leprosy you were in the back you weren't away from it but you were outside say so why is that well God didn't create you to be that way he didn't he wants he wants you to be well all right anyway they're mine from all among the people I've accepted them of the place here it is of all the firstborn children of Israel I've taken the Levites as their substitutes. For all the firstborn among the people of Israel are mine, both men and animals. I've claimed them for myself. Here it is, the night I killed all the firstborn Egyptians. Wow. Yes, I have accepted the Levites in place of the eldest sons of Israel. 
And I'll give the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons. The Levites will carry out the special duties required of the people of Israel in the tabernacle, mainly, or going to the promised land. Although they're going to wind up going, well, we can't. But that's what they were doing. All right. And I will, let's see, they'll carry out the sacred duties. Okay. Okay. And they will offer the people sacrifices, make an atonement for them. Praise the Lord. Look at that. Look at that. There will be no plague. I don't believe that. <laughs> you ain't going to the promised land then. Man, I believe it. Praise the Lord. If your back's hurting you today, praise the Lord. You ought to be thanking the Lord. Praise the Lord. I got help. Is it any wonder Psalm 103 says, David wrote this 800 years later, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. And forget not, remember he's talking to himself, David, David, he listened, forget not all his benefits. Who, help me, who heals, no, who forgives all my disease, all my iniquity, excuse me, all my sins, and heals all my diseases. <sighs> Go watch David. What is it? Uh, 1 Kings chapter 1 starts out, David was an old man. <laughs> Mercy. Okay. So Moses and Aaron and all the people of Israel dedicated the Levites carefully to follow following Jehovah's instructions. The Levites purified themselves, washed their clothes. Aaron presented them to the Lord in a gesture offering, saying, here they are. Okay, whatever. Okay. Then he performed the rite of atonement. We're about done. We're going to stop here. Okay. After that, they went into the tabernacle as assistants to Aaron and his sons. Everything was done just as the Lord commanded. Then the Lord instructed Moses. The Levites are to begin serving at age 25. They're to retire at 50. Wow. See that in government service today, okay? All right. The retirement can assist uh, with various light duties. I know it's after retirement, they can assist with various light duties in the tabernacle, but have no regular responsibilities. Oh, we're going to stop right there. We'll pick up the next one next time around. But you see how this stuff is important? Say, well, why did you do that? Remember, the firstborn were killed in Egypt. God decided, I'm not going to take the firstborn of all of Israel. I'm just going to take the Levites, and I'll take all the cattle. The first cow that's born, <laughs> you know, the first male that's born in the family, praise the Lord. But what's interesting is, praise God. God used this specifically to show that um, he, somebody else is working for you. Praise the Lord. We, what do I do? Trust him. Just trust the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. We just saw just a moment ago that there won't be any plague among the people. Praise the Lord. Father, if it's financial, you'll take care of that too. Same thing. If it's some other problem we're faced with today, praise the Lord. We got you. You created heaven and earth. You'll take care of whatever problem we've got. That doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others what you're doing in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, all right. <laughs>